Chapter four of the Further Adventures of Robinson Crusoe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Further Adventures of Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. Chapter four. Renewed Invasion of Savages. And now they had another broil with the three Englishmen, one of whom, a most turbulent fellow, being in a rage at one of the three captive slaves, because the fellow had not done something right which he bade him to do, and seemed a little untractable in his showing him, drew a hatchet out of a frog-belt which he wore by his side, and fell upon the poor savage, not to correct him, but to kill him. One of the Spaniards who was by, seeing him give the fellow a barbarous cut with the hatchet, which he aimed at his head, but stuck into his shoulder, so that he thought he had cut the poor creature's arm off, ran to him, and entreating him not to murder the poor man, placed himself between him and the savage, to prevent the mischief. The fellow, being enraged the more at this, struck at the Spaniard with his hatchet, and swore he would serve him as he intended to serve the savage, which the Spaniard, perceiving, avoided the blow, and with a shovel which he had in his hand, for they were all working in the field about their corn-land, knocked the brute down. Another of the Englishmen, running up at the same time to help his comrade, knocked the Spaniard down, and then two Spaniards more came in to help their man, and a third Englishman fell upon them. They had none of them any firearms or any other weapons but hatchets and other tools, except this third Englishman. He had one of my rusty cutlasses, with which he made at the last two Spaniards, and wounded them both. This fray set the whole family in an uproar, and more help coming in, they took the three Englishmen prisoners. The next question was, what should be done with them? They had been so often mutinous, and were so very furious, so desperate, and so idle withal, they knew not what course to take with them, for they were mischievous to the highest degree, and cared not what hurt they did to any man, so that, in short, it was not safe to live with them. The Spaniard who was governor told them, in so many words, that if they had been of his own country he would have hanged them, for all laws and all governors were to preserve society, and those who were dangerous to the society ought to be expelled out of it. But as they were Englishmen, and that it was to the generous kindness of an Englishman that they all owed their preservation and deliverance, he would use them with all possible lenity, and would leave them to the judgment of the other two Englishmen, who were their countrymen. One of the two honest Englishmen stood up, and said they desired it might not be left to them. For, says he, I am sure we ought to sentence them to the gallows and with that he gives an account how Will Atkins, one of the three, had proposed to have all the five Englishmen join together and murder all the Spaniards while they were in their sleep. When the Spanish governor heard this, he calls to Will Atkins, How, Signor Atkins, would you murder us all? What have you to say to that? The hardened villain was so far from denying it that he said it was true, and swore they would do it still before they had done with them, well but senor atkins says the spaniard what have we done to you that you will kill us what would you get by killing us and what must we do to prevent you killing us must we kill you or you kill us why will you put us to the necessity of this senor atkins says the spaniard very calmly and smiling senor atkins was in such a rage at the spaniards making a jest of it that, had he not been held by three men, and withal had no weapon near him, it was thought he would have attempted to kill the Spaniard in the middle of all the company. This hare-brained carriage obliged them to consider seriously what was to be done. The two Englishmen and the Spaniard who saved the poor savage were of the opinion that they should hang one of the three for an example to the rest, and that particularly it should be he that had twice attempted to commit murder with his hatchet indeed there was some reason to believe he had done it for the poor savage was in such a miserable condition with the wound he had received that it was thought he could not live but the governor spaniard still said no it was an englishman that had saved all their lives and he would never consent to put an englishman to death though he had murdered half of them nay he said if he had been killed himself by an englishman and had time left to speak it should be that they should pardon him this was so positively insisted on by the governor spaniard that there was no gainsaying it and as merciful counsels are most apt to prevail where they are so earnestly pressed so they all came into it 
but then it was to be considered what should be done to keep them from doing the mischief they designed for all agreed governor and all that means were to be used for preserving the society from danger after a long debate it was agreed that they should be disarmed and not permitted to have either gun powder shot sword or any weapon that they should be turned out of the society and left to live where they would and how they would by themselves but that none of the rest either spaniards or english should hold any kind of converse with them or have anything to do with them that they should be forbid to come within a certain distance of the place where the rest dwelt and if they offered to commit any disorder so as to spoil burn kill or destroy any of the corn plantings buildings fences or cattle belonging to the society they should die without mercy and they would shoot them wherever they could find them the humane governor musing upon the sentence considered a little upon it and turning to the two honest englishmen said hold you must reflect that it will be long ere they can raise corn and cattle of their own and they must not starve we must therefore allow them provisions so he caused to be added that they should have a proportion of corn given to them to last them eight months and foreseed to sow by which time they might be supposed to raise some of their own that they should have six milch goats four he goats and six kids given them as well for present subsistence as for a store and that they should have tools given them for their work in the fields but they should have none of these tools or provisions unless they would swear solemnly that they would not hurt or injure any of the spaniards with them or of their fellow englishmen thus they dismissed them the society and turned them out to shift for themselves they went away sullen and refractory as neither content to go away nor to stay but as there was no remedy they went pretending to go and choose a place where they would settle themselves and some provisions were given them but no weapons about four or five days after they came again for some victuals and gave the governor an account where they had pitched their tents and marked themselves out a habitation and a plantation and it was a very convenient place indeed on the remotest part of the island northeast much about the place where i providentially landed in my first voyage when i was driven out to sea in my foolish attempt to sail round the island here they built themselves two handsome huts and contrived them in a manner like my first habitation being close under the side of a hill having some trees already growing on three sides of it so that by planting others it would be very easily covered from the site unless narrowly searched for they desired some dried goat-skins for beds and covering which were given them and upon giving their words that they would not disturb the rest or injure any of the plantations they gave them hatchets and what other tools they could spare some peas barley and rice for sowing and in a word anything they wanted except arms and ammunition they lived in this separate condition about six months and had got in their first harvest though the quantity was but small the parcel of land they had planted being but little indeed having all their plantation to form they had a great deal of work upon their hands and when they came to make boards and pots and such things they were quite out of their element and could make nothing of it therefore when the rainy season came on for want of a cave in the earth they could not keep their grain dry and it was in great danger of spoiling this humbled them much so they came and begged the spaniards to help them which they very readily did and in four days worked a great hole in the side of the hill for them big enough to secure their corn and other things from the rain but it was a poor place at best compared to mine and especially as mine was then for the spaniards had greatly enlarged it and made several new apartments in it about three-quarters of a year after this separation a new frolic took these rogues which together with the former villainy they had committed brought mischief enough upon them and had very near been the ruin of the whole colony the three new associates began it seems to be weary of the laborious life they led and that without hope of bettering their circumstances and a whim took them that they would make a voyage to the continent from whence the savages came and would try if they could seize upon some prisoners among the natives there and bring them home so as to make them do the laborious part of the work for them the project was not so preposterous if they had gone no further but they did nothing and proposed nothing but had either mischief in the design or mischief in the event 
and if i may give my opinion they seemed to be under a blast from heaven for if we will not allow a visible curse to pursue visible crimes how shall we reconcile the events of things with the divine justice it was certainly an apparent vengeance on their crime of mutiny and piracy that brought them to the state they were in and they showed not the least remorse for the crime but added new villainies to it such as the piece of monstrous cruelty of wounding a poor slave because he did not or perhaps could not understand to do what he was directed and to wound him in such a manner as made him a cripple all his life and in a place where no surgeon or medicine could be had for his cure and what was still worse the intentional murder for such to be sure it was as was afterwards the formed design they all laid to murder the spaniards in cold blood and in their sleep the three fellows came down to the spaniards one morning and in very humble terms desired to be admitted to speak with them the spaniards very readily heard what they had to say which was this that they were tired of living in the manner they did and that they were not handy enough to make the necessaries they wanted and that having no help they found they should be starved but if the spaniards would give them leave to take one of the canoes which they came over in and give them arms and ammunition proportioned to their defence they would go over to the main and seek their fortunes and so deliver them from the trouble of supplying them with any other provisions the spaniards were glad enough to get rid of them but very honestly represented to them the certain destruction they were running into told them they had suffered such hardships upon that very spot that they could without any spirit of prophecy tell them they would be starved or murdered and bade them consider of it the men replied audaciously that they should be starved if they stayed here for they could not work and would not work and they could but be starved abroad and if they were murdered there was an end of them they had no wives or children to cry after them and in short insisted importunately upon their demand declaring they would go whether they gave them any arms or not the spaniards told them with great kindness that if they were resolved to go they should not go like naked men and be in no condition to defend themselves and that though they could ill spare firearms not having enough for themselves yet they would let them have two muskets a pistol and a cutlass and each man a hatchet which they thought was sufficient for them in a word they accepted the offer and having baked bread enough to serve them a month given them and as much goat's flesh as they could eat while it was sweet with a great basket of dried grapes a pot of fresh water and a young kid alive they boldly set out in the canoe for a voyage over the sea where it was at least forty miles broad the boat indeed was a large one and would very well have carried fifteen or twenty men and therefore was rather too big for them to manage but as they had a fair breeze and flood tide with them they did well enough they had made a mast of a long pole and a sail of four large goatskins dried which they had sewed or laced together and away they went merrily together the spaniards called after them bon voyajo and no man ever thought of seeing them any more the spaniards were often saying to one another and to the two honest englishmen who remained behind how quietly and comfortably they lived now these three turbulent fellows were gone as for their coming again that was the remotest thing from their thoughts that could be imagined when behold after two and twenty days absence one of the englishmen being abroad upon his planting work sees three strange men coming towards him at a distance with guns upon their shoulders away runs the englishman frightened and amazed as if he was bewitched to the governor spaniard and tells him they were all undone for there were strangers upon the island but he could not tell who they were the spaniard pausing a while says to him how do you mean you cannot tell who they are the savages to be sure no no says the englishman they are men in clothes with arms nay then says the spaniard why are you so concerned if they are not savages they must be friends for there is no christian nation upon earth but will do us good rather than harm while they were debating thus came up the three englishmen and standing without the wood which was new planted hallooed to them they presently knew their voices and so all the wonder ceased but now the admiration was turned upon another question what could be the matter and what made them come back again 
it was not long before they brought the men in and inquiring where they had been and what they had been doing they gave them a full account of their voyage in a few words that they reached the land in less than two days but finding the people alarmed at their coming and preparing with bows and arrows to fight them they durst not go on shore but sailed on to the northward six or seven hours till they came to a great opening by which they perceived that the land they saw from our island was not the main but an island that upon entering that opening of the sea they saw another island on the right hand north and several more west and being resolved to land somewhere they put over to one of the islands which lay west and went boldly on shore that they found the people very courteous and friendly to them and they gave them several roots and some dried fish and appeared very sociable and that the women as well as the men were very forward to supply them with anything they could get for them to eat and brought it to them a great way on their heads they continued here for four days and inquired as well as they could of them by signs what nations were this way and that way and were told of several fierce and terrible people that lived almost every way who as they made known by signs to them used to eat men but as for themselves they said they never ate men or women except only such as they took in the wars and then they owned they made a great feast and ate their prisoners the englishmen inquired when they had had a feast of that kind and they told them about two moons ago pointing to the moon and to two fingers and that their great king had two hundred prisoners now which he had taken in his war and they were feeding them to make them fat for the next feast the englishmen seemed mighty desirous of seeing those prisoners but the others mistaking them thought they were desirous to have some of them to carry away for their own eating so they beckoned to them pointing to the setting of the sun and then to the rising which was to signify that the next morning at sunrising they would bring some for them and accordingly the next morning they brought down five women and eleven men and gave them to the englishmen to carry with them on their voyage just as we would bring so many cows and oxen down to a seaport town to victual a ship as brutish and barbarous as these fellows were at home their stomachs turned at this sight and they did not know what to do to refuse the prisoners would have been the highest affront to the savage gentry that could be offered them and what to do with them they knew not however after some debate they resolved to accept of them and in return they gave the savages that brought them one of their hatchets an old key a knife and six or seven of their bullets which though they did not understand their use they seemed particularly pleased with and then tying the poor creatures hands behind them they dragged the prisoners into the boat for our men the englishmen were obliged to come away as soon as they had them or else they that gave them this noble present would certainly have expected that they should have gone to work with them have killed two or three of them the next morning and perhaps have invited the donors to dinner but having taken their leave with all the respect and thanks that could well pass between people where on either side they understood not one word they could say they put off with their boat and came back towards the first island where when they arrived they set eight of their prisoners at liberty there being too many of them for their occasion in their voyage they endeavored to have some communication with their prisoners but it was impossible to make them understand anything nothing they could say to them or give them or do for them but was looked upon as going to murder them they first of all unbound them but the poor creatures screamed at that especially the women as if they had just felt the knife at their throats for they immediately concluded they were unbound on purpose to be killed if they gave them a thing to eat it was the same thing they then concluded it was for fear they should sink in flesh and so not be fat enough to kill if they looked at one of them more particularly the party presently concluded it was to see whether he or she was fattest and fittest to kill first nay after they had brought them quite over and began to use them kindly and treat them well still they expected every day to make a dinner or supper for their new masters when the three wanderers had given this unaccountable history or journal of their voyage the spaniard asked them where their new family was and being told that they had brought them on shore and put them into one of their huts and were come up to beg some victuals for them 
they the spaniards and the other two englishmen that is to say the whole colony resolved to go all down to the place and see them and did so and friday's father with them when they came into the hut there they sat all bound for when they had brought them on shore they bound their hands that they might not take the boat and make their escape there i say they sat all of them stark naked first there were three comely fellows well shaped with straight limbs about thirty to thirty-five years of age and five women whereof two might be from thirty to forty two more about four or five and twenty and the fifth a tall comely maiden about seventeen the women were well favored agreeable persons both in shape and features only tawny and two of them had they been perfect white would have passed for very handsome women even in london having pleasant countenances and of a very modest behavior especially when they came afterwards to be clothed and dressed though that dress was very indifferent it must be confessed the sight you may be sure was something uncouth to our spaniards who were to give them a just character men of the most calm sedate tempers and perfect good humor that ever i met with and in particular of the utmost modesty i say the sight was very uncouth to see three naked men and five naked women altogether bound and in the most miserable circumstances that human nature could be supposed to be viz to be expecting every moment to be dragged out and have their brains knocked out and then to be eaten up like a calf that is killed for a dainty the first thing they did was to cause the old indian friday's father to go in and see first if he knew any of them and then if he understood any of their speech as soon as the old man came in he looked seriously at them but knew none of them neither could any of them understand a word he said or a sign he could make except one of the women however this was enough to answer the end which was to satisfy them that the men into whose hands they were fallen were christians that they abhorred eating men or women and that they might be sure they would not be killed as soon as they were assured of this they discovered such a joy and by such awkward gestures several ways as is hard to describe for it seems they were of several nations the woman who was their interpreter was bid in the next place to ask them if they were willing to be servants and to work for the men who had brought them away to save their lives at which they all fell a-dancing and presently one fell to taking up this and another that anything that lay next to carry on their shoulders to intimate they were willing to work the governor who found that the having women among them would presently be attended with some inconvenience and might occasion some strife and perhaps blood asked the three men what they intended to do with these women and how they intended to use them whether as servants or as wives one of the englishmen answered very boldly and readily that they would use them as both to which the governor said i am not going to restrain you from it you are your own masters as to that but this i think is but just for avoiding disorders and quarrels among you and i desire it of you for that reason only viz that you will all engage that if any of you take any of these women as a wife he shall take but one and that having taken one none else shall touch her for though we cannot marry any one of you yet it is but reasonable that while you stay here the woman any of you takes shall be maintained by the man that takes her and should be his wife i mean says he while he continues here and that none else shall have anything to do with her all this appeared so just that every one agreed to it without any difficulty then the englishmen asked the spaniards if they designed to take any of them but every one of them answered no some of them said they had wives in spain and the others did not like women that were not christians and altogether declared that they would not touch one of them which was an instance of such virtue as i have not met with in all my travels on the other hand the five englishmen took them every one a wife that is to say a temporary wife and so they set up a new form of living for the spaniards and friday's father lived in my old habitation which they had enlarged exceedingly within the three servants which were taken in the last battle of the savages lived with them and these carried on the main part of the colony supplied all the rest with food and assisted them in anything as they could or as they found necessity required 
but the wonder of the story was how five such refractory ill-matched fellows should agree about these women and that some two of them should not choose the same woman especially seeing two or three of them were without comparison more agreeable than the others but they took a good way enough to prevent quarrelling among themselves for they set the five women by themselves in one of their huts and they went all into the other hut and drew lots among them who should choose first him that drew to choose first went away by himself to the hut where the poor naked creatures were and fetched out her he chose and it was worth observing that he that chose first took her that was reckoned the homeliest and oldest of the five which made mirth enough amongst the rest and even the spaniards laughed at it but the fellow considered better than any of them that it was application and business that they were to expect assistance in as much as in anything else and she proved the best wife of all the parcel when the poor women saw themselves set in a row thus and fetched out one by one the terrors of their condition returned upon them again and they firmly believed they were now going to be devoured accordingly when the english sailor came in and fetched out one of them the rest set up a most lamentable cry and hung about her and took their leave of her with such agonies and affection as would have grieved the hardest heart in the world nor was it possible for the englishmen to satisfy them that they were not to be immediately murdered till they fetched the old man friday's father who immediately let them know that the five men who were to fetch them out one by one had chosen them for their wives when they had done and the fright the women were in was a little over the men went to work and the spaniards came and helped them in a few hours they had built them every one a new hut or tent for their lodging apart for those they had already were crowded with their tools household stuff and provisions the three wicked ones had pitched farthest off and the two honest ones nearer but both on the north shore of the island so that they continued separated as before and thus my island was peopled in three places and as i might say three towns were begun to be built and here it is very well worth observing that as it often happens in the world what the wise ends in god's providence are in such a disposition of things i cannot say the two honest fellows had the two worst wives and the three reprobates that were scarce worth hanging that were fit for nothing and neither seemed born to do themselves good nor any one else had three clever careful and ingenious wives not that the first two were bad wives as to their temper or humour for all the five were most willing quiet passive and subjected creatures rather like slaves than wives but my meaning is they were not alike capable ingenious or industrious or alike cleanly and neat another observation i must make to the honour of a diligent application on one hand and to the disgrace of a slothful negligent idle temper on the other that when i came to the place and viewed the several improvements plantings and management of the several little colonies the two men had so far outgone the three that there was no comparison they had indeed both of them as much ground laid out for corn as they wanted and the reason was because according to my rule nature dictated that it was to no purpose to sow more corn than they wanted but the difference of the cultivation of the planting of the fences and indeed of everything else was easy to be seen at first view the two men had innumerable young trees planted about their huts so that when you came to the place nothing was to be seen but a wood and though they had twice had their plantation demolished once by their own countrymen and once by the enemy as shall be shown in its place yet they had restored all again and everything was thriving and flourishing about them they had grapes planted in order and managed like a vineyard though they had themselves never seen anything of that kind and by their good ordering their vines their grapes were as good again as any of the others they had also found themselves out a retreat in the thickest part of the woods where though there was not a natural cave as i had found yet they made one with incessant labour of their hands and where when the mischief which followed happened they secured their wives and children so as they could never be found they having by sticking innumerable stakes and poles of the wood which as i said grew so readily made the grove impassable except in some places when they climbed up to get over the outside part and then went on by ways of their own leaving 
as to the three reprobates as i justly call them though they were much civilized by their settlement compared to what they were before and were not so quarrelsome having not the same opportunity yet one of the certain companions of a profligate mind never left them and that was their idleness it is true they planted corn and made fences but solomon's words were never better verified than in them i went by the vineyard of the slothful and it was all overgrown with thorns for when the spaniards came to view their crop they could not see it in some places for weeds the hedge had several gaps in it where the wild goats had got in and eaten up the corn perhaps here and there a dead bush was crammed in to stop them out for the present but it was only shutting the stable door after the steed was stolen whereas when they looked on the colony of the other two there was the very face of industry and success upon all they did there was not a weed to be seen in all their corn or a gap in any of their hedges and they on the other hand verified solomon's words in another place that the diligent hand maketh rich for everything grew and thrived and they had plenty within and without they had more tame cattle than the others more utensils and necessaries within doors and yet more pleasure and diversion too it is true the wives of the three were very handy and cleanly within doors and having learned the english ways of dressing and cooking from one of the other englishmen who as i said was a cook's mate on board the ship they dressed their husbands victuals very nicely and well whereas the others could not be brought to understand it but then the husband who as i say had been cook's mate did it himself but as for the husbands of the three wives they loitered about fetched turtles eggs and caught fish and birds in a word anything but labor and they fared accordingly the diligent lived well and comfortably and the slothful hard and beggarly and so i believe generally speaking it is all over the world but i now come to a scene different from all that had happened before either to them or to me and the origin of the story was this early one morning there came on shore five or six canoes of indians or savages call them what you please and there is no room to doubt they came upon the old errand of feeding upon their slaves but that part was now so familiar to the spaniards and to our men too that they did not concern themselves about it as i did but having been made sensible by their experience that their only business was to lie concealed and that if they were not seen by any of the savages they would go off again quietly when their business was done having as yet not the least notion of there being any inhabitants in the island i say having been made sensible of this they had nothing to do but to give notice to all the three plantations to keep within doors and not show themselves only placing a scout in a proper place to give notice when the boats went to sea again this was without doubt very right but a disaster spoiled all these measures and made it known among the savages that there were inhabitants there which was in the end the desolation of almost the whole colony after the canoes with the savages were gone off the spaniards peeped abroad again and some of them had the curiosity to go to the place where they had been to see what they had been doing here to their great surprise they found three savages left behind and lying fast asleep upon the ground it was supposed they had either been so gorged with their inhuman feast that like beasts they were fallen asleep and would not stir when the others went or they had wandered into the woods and did not come back in time to be taken in the spaniards were greatly surprised at this sight and perfectly at a loss what to do the spaniard governor as it happened was with them and his advice was asked but he professed he knew not what to do as for slaves they had enough already and as to killing them there was none of them inclined to do that the spaniard governor told me they could not think of shedding innocent blood for as to them the poor creatures had done them no wrong invaded none of their property and they thought they had no just quarrel against them to take away their lives and here i must in justice to these spaniards observe that let the accounts of spanish cruelty in mexico and peru be what they will i never met with seventeen men of any nation whatsoever in any foreign country who were so universally modest temperate virtuous so very good-humoured and so courteous as these spaniards and as to cruelty they had nothing of it in their very nature no inhumanity no barbarity no outrageous passions 
and yet all of them men of great courage and spirit their temper and calmness had appeared in their bearing the unsufferable usage of the three englishmen and their justice and humanity appeared now in the case of the savages above after some consultation they resolved upon this that they would lie still a while longer till if possible these three men might be gone but then the governor recollected that the three savages had no boat and if they were left to rove about the island they would certainly discover that there were inhabitants in it and so they should be undone that way upon this they went back again and there lay the fellows fast asleep still and so they resolved to awaken them and take them prisoners and they did so the poor fellows were strangely frightened when they were seized upon and bound and afraid like the women that they should be murdered and eaten for it seems those people think all the world does as they do in eating men's flesh but they were soon made easy as to that and away they carried them it was very happy for them that they did not carry them home to the castle i mean to my palace under the hill but they carried them first to the bower which was the chief of their country work such as the keeping the goats the planting the corn etc and afterward they carried them to the habitation of the two englishmen here they were set to work though it was not much they had for them to do and whether it was by negligence in guarding them or that they thought the fellows could not mend themselves i know not but one of them ran away, and, taking to the woods, they could never hear of him any more. They had good reason to believe he got home again soon after in some other boats or canoes of savages who came on shore three or four weeks afterwards, and who, carrying on their revels as usual, went off in two days' time. This thought terrified them exceedingly, for they concluded, and that not without good cause indeed, that if this fellow came home safe among his comrades, he would certainly give them an account that there were people in the island, and also how few and weak they were, for this savage, as observed before, had never been told, and it was very happy he had not, how many there were or where they lived, nor had he ever seen or heard the fire of any of their guns, much less had they shown him any of their other retired places, such as the cave in the valley, or the new retreat which the two Englishmen had made, and the like. The first testimony they had that this fellow had given intelligence of them was, that about two months after this six canoes of savages, with about seven, eight, or ten men in a canoe, came rowing along the north side of the island, where they never used to come before, and landed, about an hour after sunrise, at a convenient place, about a mile from the habitation of the two Englishmen, where this escaped man had been kept. As the chief Spaniard said, had they been all there the damage would not have been so much, for not a man of them would have escaped. But the case differed now very much, for two men to fifty was too much odds. The two men had the happiness to discover them about a league off, so that it was above an hour before they landed, and as they landed a mile from their huts, it was some time before they could come at them. Now, having great reason to believe that they were betrayed, the first thing they did was to bind the two slaves which were left, and cause two of the three men whom they brought with the women, who, it seems, proved very faithful to them, to lead them, with their two wives, and whatever they could carry away with them, to their retired places in the woods, which I have spoken of above, and there to bind the two fellows hand and foot till they heard farther in the next place seeing the savages were all come on shore and that they had bent their course directly that way they opened the fences where the milch cows were kept and drove them all out leaving their goats to straggle in the woods whither they pleased that the savages might think they were all bred wild but the rogue who came with them was too cunning for that and gave them an account of it all for they went directly to the place when the two poor frightened men had secured their wives and goods, they sent the other slave they had of the three who came with the women, and who was at their place by accident, away to the Spaniards with all speed to give them the alarm, and desire speedy help, and in the meantime they took their arms and what ammunition they had, and retreated towards the place in the wood where their wives were sent, keeping at a distance, yet so they might see, if possible, which way the savages took. 
they had not gone far but that from a rising ground they could see the little army of their enemies come on directly to their habitation and in a moment more could see all their huts and household stuff flaming up together to their great grief and mortification for this was a great loss to them irretrievable indeed for some time they kept their station for a while till they found the savages like wild beasts spread themselves all over the place rummaging every way and every place they could think of in search of prey and in particular for the people of whom now it plainly appeared they had intelligence the two englishmen seeing this thinking themselves not secure where they stood because it was likely some of the wild people might come that way and they might come too many together thought it proper to make another retreat about half a mile farther believing as it afterwards happened that the further they strolled the fewer would be together their next halt was at the entrance into a very thick-grown part of the woods and where an old trunk of a tree stood which was hollow and very large and in this tree they both took their standing resolving to see there what might offer they had not stood there long before two of the savages appeared running directly that way as if they had already had notice where they stood and were coming up to attack them and a little way farther they espied three more coming after them and five more beyond them all coming the same way besides which they saw seven or eight more at a distance running another way for in a word they ran every way like sportsmen beating for their game the poor men were now in great perplexity whether they should stand and keep their posture or fly but after a very short debate with themselves they considered that if the savages ranged the country thus before help came they might perhaps find their retreat in the woods and then all would be lost so they resolved to stand them there and if they were too many to deal with then they would get up to the top of the tree from whence they doubted not to defend themselves fire excepted as long as their ammunition lasted though all the savages that were landed which were near fifty were to attack them having resolved upon this they next considered whether they should fire at the first two or wait for the three and so take the middle party by which the two and the five that followed would be separated at length they resolved to let the first two pass by unless they should spy them upon the tree and come to attack them the first two savages confirmed them also in this resolution by turning a little from them towards another part of the wood but the three and the five after them came forward directly to the tree as if they had known the englishmen were there seeing them come so straight towards them they resolved to take them in a line as they came and as they resolved to fire but one at a time perhaps the first shot might hit them all three for which purpose the man who was to fire put three or four small bullets into his piece and having a fair loophole as it were from a broken hole in the tree he took a sure aim without being seen waiting till they were within about thirty yards of the tree so that he could not miss while they were thus waiting and the savages came on they plainly saw that one of the three was the runaway savage that had escaped from them and they both knew him distinctly and resolved that if possible he should not escape though they should both fire so the other stood ready with his piece that if he did not drop at the first shot he should be sure to have a second but the first was too good a marksman to miss his aim for as the savages kept near one another a little behind in a line he fired and hit two of them directly the foremost was killed outright being shot in the head the second which was the runaway indian was shot through the body and fell but was not quite dead and the third had a little scratch in the shoulder perhaps by the same ball that went through the body of the second and being dreadfully frightened though not so much hurt sat down upon the ground screaming and yelling in a hideous manner the five that were behind more frightened with the noise than sensible of the danger stood still at first for the woods made the sound a thousand times bigger than it really was the echoes rattling from one side to another and the fowls rising from all parts screaming and every sort making a different noise according to their kind just as it was when i fired the first gun that perhaps was ever shot off in the island however all being silent again and they not knowing what the matter was came on unconcerned 
till they came to the place where their companions lay in a condition miserable enough here the poor ignorant creatures not sensible that they were within reach of the same mischief stood all together over the wounded man talking and as may be supposed inquiring of him how he came to be hurt and who it is very rational to believe told them that a flash of fire first and immediately after that thunder from their gods had killed those two and wounded him this i say is rational for nothing is more certain than that as they saw no man near them so they had never heard a gun in all their lives nor so much as heard of a gun neither knew they anything of killing and wounding at a distance with fire and bullets if they had one might reasonably believe they would not have stood so unconcerned to view the fate of their fellows without some apprehensions of their own our two men as they confessed to me were grieved to be obliged to kill so many poor creatures who had no notion of their danger yet having them all thus in their power and the first having loaded his piece again resolved to let fly both together among them and singling out by agreement which to aim at they shot together and killed or very much wounded four of them the fifth frightened even to death though not hurt fell with the rest so that our men seeing them all fall together thought they had killed them all the belief that the savages were all killed made our two men come boldly out from the tree before they had charged their guns which was a wrong step and they were under some surprise when they came to the place and found no less than four of them alive and of them two very little hurt and one not at all this obliged them to fall upon them with the stocks of their muskets and first they made sure of the runaway savage that had been the cause of all the mischief and of another that was hurt in the knee and put them out of their pain then the man that was not hurt at all came and kneeled down to them with his two hands held up and made piteous moans to them by gestures and signs for his life but could not say one word to them that they could understand however they made signs to him to sit down at the foot of a tree hard by and one of the englishmen with a piece of rope yarn which he had by great chance in his pocket tied his two hands behind him and there they left him and with what speed they could made after the other two which were gone before fearing they or any more of them should find way to their covered place in the woods where their wives and the few goods they had left lay they came once in sight of the two men but it was at a great distance however they had the satisfaction to see them cross over a valley towards the sea quite the contrary way from that which led to their retreat which they were afraid of and being satisfied with that they went back to the tree where they left their prisoner who as they supposed was delivered by his comrades for he was gone and the two pieces of rope yarn with which they had bound him lay just at the foot of the tree they were now in as great concern as before not knowing what course to take or how near the enemy might be or in what number so they resolved to go away to the place where their wives were to see if all was well there and to make them easy they were in fright enough to be sure for though the savages were their own countrymen yet they were most terribly afraid of them and perhaps the more for the knowledge they had of them when they came there they found the savages had been in the wood and very near that place but had not found it for it was indeed inaccessible from the trees standing so thick unless the persons seeking it had been directed by those that knew it which these did not they found therefore everything very safe only the women in a terrible fright while they were here they had the comfort to have seven of the spaniards come to their assistance the other ten with their servants and friday's father were gone in a body to defend their bower and the corn and cattle that were kept there in case the savages should have roved over to that side of the country but they did not spread so far with the seven spaniards came one of the three savages who as i said were their prisoners formerly and with them also came the savage whom the englishmen had left bound hand and foot at the tree for it seems they came that way saw the slaughter of the seven men and unbound the eighth and brought him along with them where however they were obliged to bind again as they had the two others who were left when the third ran away 
the prisoners now began to be a burden to them and they were so afraid of their escaping that they were once resolving to kill them all believing they were under an absolute necessity to do so for their own preservation however the chief of the spaniards would not consent to it but ordered for the present that they should be sent out of the way to my old cave in the valley and be kept there with two spaniards to guard them and have food for their subsistence which was done and they were bound there hand and foot for that night when the spaniards came the two englishmen were so encouraged that they could not satisfy themselves to stay any longer there but taking five of the spaniards and themselves with four muskets and a pistol among them and two stout quarter-staves away they went in quest of the savages and first they came to the tree where the men lay that had been killed but it was easy to see that some more of the savages had been there for they had attempted to carry their dead men away and had dragged two of them a good way but had given it over from thence they advanced to the first rising ground where they had stood and seen their camp destroyed and where they had the mortification still to see some of the smoke but neither could they here see any of the savages then they resolved though with all possible caution to go forward towards their ruined plantation but a little before they came thither coming in sight of the seashore they saw plainly the savages all embarked again in their canoes in order to be gone they seemed sorry at first that there was no way to come at them to give them a parting blow but upon the whole they were very well satisfied to be rid of them the poor englishmen being now twice ruined and all their improvements destroyed the rest all agreed to come and help them to rebuild and assist them with needful supplies their three countrymen who were not yet noted for having the least inclination to do any good yet as soon as they heard of it for they living remote eastward knew nothing of the matter till all was over came and offered their help and assistance and did very friendly work for several days to restore their habitation and make necessaries for them and thus in a little time they were set upon their legs again about two days after this they had the farther satisfaction of seeing three of the savages canoes come driving on shore and at some distance from them two drowned men by which they had reason to believe that they had met with a storm at sea which had overset some of them for it had blown very hard the night after they went off however as some might miscarry so on the other hand enough of them escaped to inform the rest as well of what they had done as of what had happened to them and to wet them on another enterprise of the same nature which they it seems resolved to attempt with sufficient force to carry all before them for except what the first man had told them of inhabitants they could say little of it of their own knowledge for they never saw one man and the fellow being killed that had affirmed it they had no other witness to confirm it to them End of chapter four.